Welcome to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast with Lauren Curry of Curry Financial Group Limited. In this podcast, we are focused on helping businesses set up and manage their group benefit plan to protect and assist their most valuable assets. Join us on this journey where Lauren explores ways to help you develop effective and cost-efficient strategies for your business. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Benefits of Knowledge with Lauren Curry. Lauren, how are you today? Doing great, Eric. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to eventually the weather changing. That would be nice. I, I could use a little bit of warmth. It's just so cold and I just don't like it. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> I can't complain. You, you're up in Canada. I'm sure you face a, a, a bit harder of a winter than I do normally. Um, but, uh, it's good to talk to you. It's been a while. The last podcast was fantastic and I'm looking forward to the podcast today. And I, I think you're covering HCSAs, correct? That's correct. All right. So I'm, I'm not completely familiar with that. I know it stands for healthcare spending accounts. What are we learning today? Well, uh, healthcare spending accounts have been around for a while, but they are just gaining traction uh, with our employers and the employees. Uh, they're just a great tool for, you know, for both sides. It's uh, flexibility is uh, just great. Employees get to spend the money on what they need. We're not we're not you know, dictating to them what they can use it for or can't use it for. Lauren, can you give me an overall definition of what an HCSA is um, and kind of maybe how it works? Uh, certainly. So basically, it offers a reimbursement program for a wide range of health and dental expenses for employees. Okay. Um, so the way I like to think of it is a bank account. The Your employer offers a set amount of money that could be used to pay for things that are not covered by your normal health care and dental plan. Mm -hmm. So you think of a pair of glasses as an example. Uh, glasses here are probably cost around $600. You're not going to find any uh, health care plan that is offering $600 for glasses. There's always limits and it might be, mm -hmm. you know, two, $300 every two years where with a healthcare spending account, if I have the, the amount of money in the account, if my glasses are $600, I can pay for the whole $600. Like a very popular item, say probably more for business owners, executives, uh, was children having orthodontics. You know, they, they, kids go out, they get braces, it's thousands of dollars. Again, your group benefit plan's not gonna be covering all of that. So uh, it may cover a small portion, but what's not covered there you could put through the health coverage, or sorry, the healthcare spending account. Got it. Okay. Um, what about family members? Are you able to use it for family members? Definitely. If you have family coverage on your plan, you're you're going to be able to use the money in that health spending account for your spouse, for the, your children. Um, it actually works very well. Where here in Canada, I'm not sure how it is in the states, but. Uh, we have the ability, if our spouse has health and dental as well, then we can have one, one spouse has the ability to waive health and dental. Um, so mm. if that's the case, uh, let's say my wife's plan covers 80% uh, of dental um, and I'm waiving the health care and the dental portion, but that 20% that's not covered by my spouse's plan, I could put that through my healthcare spending account. So, you know, they work 
together very, very well. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that sounds great. I mean, it seems, sounds like you have more complete coverage when you do it that way. Definitely. That's the idea. All right. So what are some of the other benefits? We talked before about tax efficiency of plans, and uh, this, is, this is one of those items. I said before, you could uh, provide your employees with extended health care or dental, which is tax-free. Well, healthcare spending accounts also fall into that category. So tax-free benefit from the employer to the employee, and the employer still, uh, you know, they're able to carry that as an expense, a deductible expense on their balance sheet. So works out for, for both parties. Got it. All right. Well, I know that there, I'm sure that there are rules around what you can put through an HCSA. I'm assuming that my, my daily uh, donut does not count as health care necessarily, even though <laughs> That's it's, it's, correct. it is a donut that I could use every day. Uh, so what are the rules behind that? Or what can you, what can you put through there and what, you, what can't you? Okay, so... Um, The rules are set by CRA, again, Canada Revenue Agency. Basically, any extended healthcare, dental, or vision care item that would go through your your normal group plan, um, they're all going to be eligible. So, you know, you may have a one plan, uh, say, with a government employee or somebody that works at GM or Hydro, something like that, that has, you know, maybe a far better plan than a lot of small employers would. But anything that can go through those other plans, you'd be able to put them through your healthcare spending account. Um, I always, it's a really broad range of, uh, of items that you can put through. So I always tell people, you know, you can go right to the CRA website, just Google that uh, or call the insurance carrier, uh, depending on you know where your healthcare spending account is. But if you have something specific you want to put through, you know, give the insurance company a call. Or again, you can go to the CRA website and there's a whole list there. Okay, that makes sense. So, so how does it work? How do I know how much money to put into the account and, and who puts money in? Okay, so the employer is going to set the amount of money that you're allowed to spend per year. Like I said, think of it as a bank account. All right. Um, So the employee then is going to submit any claims that are not covered by your your standard health plan or dental plan, and then they're going to be reimbursed for those expenses. Um, Of course, nobody does anything for free. So whatever company is providing that healthcare spending account, they're going to add an administration fee. And of course, as we always say, the government's got to get their little piece. So there is going to be some taxes that are added onto that claim amount. And then that's going to be billed back to the company. So I, the employee, pay for my glasses. I submit my claim. That claim is then um, adjudicated and the money is charged to the employer. And that money is then turned around and, and given back to me as the employee to make me whole. Uh, right. We got a couple of different ways. This could be... Uh, connected to your traditional group benefit plan that you already have. And so it's there just as a top up, it would cover stuff that's not covered. Or we have standalone plans, where the only thing that an employee might have is a a healthcare spending account. Mm -hmm. And those standalone plans are entirely digital. So uh, they work very, very efficiently. Lauren, on a previous podcast, you really spoke about um, how important it is for employers to consider all the options of what they can offer employees, because again, it, it really helps with employee retention and, and 
drawing in good employees and, and being competitive in your market when you're offering good benefits. So are, are most companies offering HCSAs? We, we have a healthcare sa- survey here in Canada, the Sanofi Healthcare uh, Survey, and I'm going to refer some statistics to that. And they're okay. telling me that 57% of employers are offering healthcare spending accounts right now. If I look at my block of business, I would say they're gaining in popularity, but I don't believe we've broken over that 50% mark yet. Uh, But I can tell you that we are adding health spending accounts on a regular basis. Um, I actually have quite a few standalone plans for smaller companies that, uh, you know, maybe don't have the revenue to be able to have that traditional plan. So, and it's a great place to start for somebody that does not have that. As far as popularity, uh, they're telling us in the survey that in 2017, it was only at 31%, 2018 was 33. So that's quite a jump to get up to that 57%. Yeah. Uh, The other other things they're telling us in there is uh, why would would we offer that as uh, as an employer? And they're telling us in the survey that 93% of the people they talk to, they like having it. That's a pretty high number. Mm-hmm. And then the other people that they talked to that did not have a health spending account, 82% of them said they wished they did. Wow. That, ref- that goes right back to what you said before is if another company that is paying very similar wages offers more benefits, I could see somebody making a change so that they could take advantage of those and, and save themselves some money. So that's, that's really important for employers to think about. Yeah. And, and the other thing we've, again, talked about in the past is how we like to customize the plans to fit what, what's needed you know, by the employees and fits into the budget of the employer. Everywhere I look now, we're seeing it's a multi-generational workforce, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got, uh, you've got folks in their, say, their 20s, some in their you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, up through to their 70s now. Well, there's a whole lot of difference between what a 20-year-old's going to want for benefits compared to a 70-year-old, mm-hmm. right? So the flexibility for the employee, it, it just works. It's a tremendous benefit. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, and I would assume, I could be wrong, but I would assume that a 22-year-old or a 25-year-old is going to use less services than somebody who is in their 60s or 70s. They're going to use less services, yes, uh, but they're going to use different services is, is really the big part, right? Oh, okay, um, yeah. So you've got a young family that has, you know, two or three children. Uh, they may need a lot more dental coverage maybe than uh, somebody yeah. else, right? An older, <laughs> yeah, well, and an older person, that vision care is very, very important. Yep. yep. Right. So different, different ages, different needs, different stages of life. And, you know, the older generations also need different dental care. Than, than they did when they were 20 and, or, or kids. Um, that's exactly. another big issue is dental care. So, wow. Yeah, I could, I could see that being a very interesting dynamic between all the different generations. Then we, we also have to think of the employers here, right? Because, mm-hmm. uh, yes, as the employer, we want to provide that for our employees, but there's also benefits here for, the, for us as an employer. Uh, when you start looking at your traditional group benefit plans, you know, the more money or more claims that are put through those programs is going to drive the, the prices up, right? The premiums are mm-hmm. going to go higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a healthcare spending account, the employer is the one that sets that budget, 
right? Is it $500? Is it $1,000? Is it $300? I know as the employer that that's my budget. It's not, I'm not getting a renewal that's going to have an increase unless I decide I want to give more. So uh, setting that budget uh, is, is much easier. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other things is we run into situations might be uh, a union agreement as an example. And uh, we have full-time and part-time people. Well, the part-time people generally, uh, depending on the number of hours they work and how the the agreement is set up, they may not be eligible for uh, the traditional benefit plan. However, uh, we see cases where the employers or the unions have negotiated that the part-timers are able to get a vision-only benefit. So we can put a standalone plan in place mm-hmm. um, that's very specific for, for you know, things like vision. I also have other clients that have uh, decided that they want to insure the drug portion on the health uh, care, uh, but they want to carve out things like our paramedicals, that's your chiropractor, physiotherapy, mm-hmm. you know, massage therapy, uh, vision care could be your orthotics, Uh, orthopodic shoes uh, or dental and uh, in some cases they just carve those benefits out and instead of having an insured program they put that health spending account in place instead well and this this goes right back to one of your previous podcasts where you were talking about how tailored these plans can be and how flexible they are and business owners need to take the time with a professional to be able to to look at okay what would be the best possible scenario for us with our employees for what we want to offer um, that's going to be most beneficial to the company and also the employees. Uh, and it, it's like a huge mix and match game, it sounds like. It is. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's correct. So uh, I know that you have, you reference these studies and you, you've done a lot of work in this area. What do you see as far as employees? Are they, are they taking advantage of these uh, HCSAs? Are they using them really? Yes. The, uh, we'll go back to our, our survey there, and it's telling us that 94% of plan members report using at least some of their healthcare spending account in, in 2019. Okay. Um, the survey is telling us that utilization is normally between 30 and 60%, and it has higher claims usually in the first year of the program, so it's something new. Mm-hmm. I would suggest that the utilization of these healthcare spending accounts in my block of business is higher than that 30 to 60. I would, I would put it more like 60 to, to 80%. Yeah. But, you know, again, that's where the rollover comes in, where we're able to carry forward unused dollars for one year. Um, now, of course, these benefits are there if we need them. They're not there just to spend them because we're allotted this money. Um, it's there for healthcare as needed. However, the employer only pays out if an employee puts a claim through the program, right? So if we get to the point where, you know, the promise has been made, but, you know, we, it was not needed, well, the employer is not out any money. So that's also very attractive for the employer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you know a company can offer five hundred dollars or three hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. What are you seeing with the, with the folks that you're working, or or is there maybe it's like probably part of another study as well? What are businesses offering their employees? Well, it's it's a really wide range because we have so many different situations, right? Uh, we have, uh, and I'm going to refer to my block of business here, not not the surveys. 
I see them as low as $300 and some of the insurance companies won't, you know, won't allow them to be less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also see them up say for $15,000 for a business owner. Oh, wow. Uh, and again, yeah, it, it's such a wide range, but it depends on the situation. Smaller employers, as I said, may only offer a healthcare spending account. There is no group plan there, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they may be offering a little higher number. They might offer one, two, three thousand dollars a year, but they're not offering the traditional health and dental plan at the same time. Somebody that has the traditional plan, they may be offering three hundred, five hundred dollars or something as a top up to cover things that that just don't fit into that plan design. Yeah, right. Business owners. Uh, I'll go back to, again, our previous podcast. Uh, in my opinion, the business owners should not be putting any healthcare dollars or taking them out of their own pocket. They should be coming through the business. That's, that's one of the perks we get as business owners. So, you know, a $15,000 account uh, is not out of line. Uh, CRA is going to have some limits on this. It's, you know, reasonable is what it has to be. Mm-hmm. And so, but CRA tells us anyway, 10 to 15% of, uh, you know, of the owner's income is a reasonable number. So quite often the business owner, we set the numbers higher than they need, but that's just in case something comes up that they have that room to put it through there. Okay. So that, that brings up a good question. Can the business owner offer different levels? I mean, obviously different levels for themselves because they're the owners, but what about uh, an executive team versus, you know, maybe some uh, some of the labor in a, in a warehouse, right? Is, is there differences yeah. or do we do it across the board? Uh, no, again, totally customizable. What does the business owner want? Now, the sub limitations I would suggest in there, if you've got two people doing the same job, mm-hmm. then you need to be providing them the same amount of coverage. Right? Yeah, could, yeah. But if you've got, uh, you know, uh, an executive, uh, maybe he's your sales manager or something like that, compared to the guy that's driving the delivery truck, very reasonable that they would have a, a different amount. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes we'll see anybody with single coverage in a healthcare plan will get a different amount than somebody with a family coverage. Oh, right? okay, So yeah. mix and match. Again, what fits the needs of the employees and the budget of that employer? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, I, I was thinking maybe it would be based on salary, and that could be, I, I suppose that's one way you could do it too, right? It'd be a little more difficult because uh, that'd get pretty complicated in setting up different divisions on salary. Oh, uh, gotcha. Okay. All right. Lauren, we're starting to run out of time here for today's podcast. Uh, a ton of information. This has been great. What are your final thoughts for today? I just like to encourage employers to seriously take a look at the healthcare spending accounts. I can tell them that your employees would love them. Uh, I think these are just going to be continue to be more and more popular and they're going to be a very important factor to attract employees in the future. Yeah. I, I think that that's a huge thing to consider for any business owner because the market is tough you know, as far as people that are out there and, recruiting the right people to fit the right spot in your business is is vitally important. And if you can push them over the edge just a little bit to bring them in and get the person that you really want, I mean, that's that's a huge benefit for, to the entire company. So Lauren, obviously, we, we know that people are listening to this podcast, business owners. 
I know that people still have questions about the HCSA and, and all the things that you can do because of the fact that, like you said, it's tailored to each business, each group of employees, each business owner has to make choices. If they want to have this conversation with you and ask more questions, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, probably the best way would be just to give us a call directly here. We've got a toll-free number, one 445 4424 uh, on this topic, you probably want to talk to me. Uh, if you, if I'm out of the office for whatever reason, uh, you can talk to Joan, but she'll probably set up a time to talk to me directly. Uh, you can always go through our website as well. It's uh, www.currayfinancialgroup.com. Perfect. Lauren, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Eric. It's been a pleasure. You bet. And the last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast with Lauren Curry of Curry Financial Group. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Lauren comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your colleagues. And I'm just going to ask you to do that right now. If you are in a networking group and, or you just know other business owners that you guys have conversations about life as a business owner, this is part of that life. So please share this with them so you guys can talk about it and see what they're doing and see what's working maybe for them and ask questions and, and then continue the conversation with Lauren again. Thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Curry Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.